Welcome into episode 139 of the Natural Hat Trick Podcast alongside Craig Morgan. Hi. And his absurdly large keyboard with his undersized laptop. I don't even know what's just, going on over just, there. Just a shot after the uh, photo of the coffee you got this morning. Absolutely. Just shooting back. Okay. And uh, Jamie Eisner is here as well. The Maddie Hattie! Oh, you guys have switched roles permanently. We now. have. I have a normal size keyboard though. I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for sharing. And a normal coffee. There's nothing wrong with my coffee. Your, your smoked butterscotch latte. If you want to see chai. the coffee that Luke did not purchase this morning, <laughs> take a look on the Natty Hattie Twitter account. I'm convinced now you're just buying us coffee to make me feel um, inferior. It's a great deal for me. Yeah, Jamie gets free coffee and he gets material to uh, just laugh at me for. This one, I'm innocent. I did nothing. Uh, I don't know if you're innocent. You might have done nothing, but I'm not sure you're innocent. Relatively innocent compared to other times. Other than ordering a smoked butterscotch latte. Yes. Iced. By the way, we should create a new poll. Okay. I just, I went on our our Twitter account and uh, January 26th, it it is March. Yeah, that's wait. That's the last poll. That's the last poll that I we. Just, it's February pinned. was an odd month. That is your fault. So you're definitely not innocent in that. Wow. Anything else that you guys have for me? Um, Let me get my parody. Yeah. Can I get my fifty bucks back that you took from me on Poker Night Sunday or what? <laughs> well, to be fair, you sort is of that gave that, that went to down, me. By the way. Well, yeah, we were uh, Luke, myself, and somebody else. Final three, and Luke crushed my soul on multiple occasions <laughs> en route to splitting the the pod at the end of the night. Okay. Chris was there too. Chris was there too. I knocked Chris out immediately. Wow. He was the first one out. Jamie, uh, actually, Jamie did knock Chris out, which uh, it was Physically sort of meant to be. Um, well, I could, but I didn't. Wow. Uh, but, but no, f- uh, figuratively, which is probably a good thing because he had the most experience of anybody that was not me or Luke. So it's good to get him out early and then play with all the amateurs. Yeah, I thought Chris was going to win, actually. But it was fitting that either Jamie knocked Chris out or vice versa. That was bad. Well, to Chris happen. knocked me out the last game we yeah. played. See? So it's, he got me back. Or I got him back, actually. That's how that uh, was. It was meant to be. And then Craig, Craig was not there because he was at the opera. Yeah. How was it? It was wonderful. Okay, good. Do they have actually, an opera in Phoenix? I was actually celebrating my mother's birthday, okay? Yeah, you oh. want to spend time with his family. He always, no, he always plays a family card on us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, oh, I want to spend time with my wife and my it's kids really, and you know, my family. You really can't challenge that one, so I, I feel like it's bulletproof. I can, actually. You don't think your mom would have wanted to play poker with us? I'm certain she wouldn't. Wow, okay. That's kind of hurtful from Craig's relatives at this point. Let's. Uh... Luke was an hour late, by the way. Okay. Just on brand. I have no. no See, you, everybody out there has, has this like, no. However, I, I also finished an hour after they, Jamie. They, they add, oh. That's a good response. So everyone has this like utopian view of Luke Lipinski. He wears his fancy, nice suits to the game, and he's got this silky, smooth voice on the radio. Everyone thinks, you know what? Luke's got his life he together. He narrates the rules. Yeah, like Luke's got his life board. together. I don't even remember doing that. Like, people think, like, you, you guys show up 30 minutes early, and you're, you're first there, last to leave. No, no, no. You're well, last there. Hold on. Except with Coyotes games. I'm there like four hours before everybody, and I do leave like an hour and a half after That's everybody. That's true. But you're right. Everywhere else in my life. Everywhere else in your life. Except to this podcast today. Yes, you were I got in this room before Jamie, who works 10 feet from the studio. Which means I was here before you. Well, whatever. But you weren't in the studio before me. Let's, uh, let's talk a little hockey, shall we? Okay. All right. Uh, let's talk that hockey. I was not uh, pleased with this. Brock Besser. I don't even know the official diagnosis. I don't know that we've gotten one yet, but he was one of my favorite stories in the NHL this year. Like, just his story to get to the NHL and the stuff he's gone through and the fact that he's got 29 goals as a rookie. Maybe he wouldn't have won Rookie of the Year because Matthew Barzal has 1,500 assists as a rookie, but Mm -hmm. those were certainly the top two candidates, and it sounds like Besser's out for the year. 
This is the point where I point out to you, Jamie, that I probably won't be writing a Brock Besser feature on Saturday as planned. No. On my budget. No. I'm guessing he won't talk to me. But but I'm, I'm glad you do have your Pac-12 tournament thing in this week instead of last week. I'm glad you guys yeah. are just using the podcast oh, to hash this out. <laughs> Jamie's just firing shots right and left here. He's going to be a little angry today. Okay. Yeah, well, this I mean, you saw the play. The, the door, unfortunately, was still open. Yep. <laughs> And he went right. He grabbed his lower back as soon as he went to the ice. So I'm guessing that's what it is. It may just be a bone bruise. We'll find out. But not much point in bringing him back. Yes. Maybe he comes back for the final two weeks of the season. But this effectively ends the Calder Trophy race. Yes. He was the only one in contention with Matthew Barzal. Yeah. And spoiler alert: Vancouver doesn't need him the rest of the year. They're not well, playing they for do. anything. They're just not playing for anything. They're not playing for anything. So there's no need to to risk rushing him back. But yeah, they they just hand it to Barzal. So I guess this is the last time to even have this debate. If he hadn't gotten hurt, am I the only one that would have voted for Besser of those two? In this room? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Okay. I'd have to, I'd have to think about it. But their numbers right now, Barzal in 67 games, 18 goals, 51 assists, 69 points. And Besser in 62 games, 29 goals, 26 assists, 55 points. Just that, That's a lot of goals for a rookie. You figure if he doesn't get hurt, he probably hits 35 goals as a rookie. That's mm-hmm. tough to, mm-hmm. It's tough to say no to, but... Barzal just has so many assists that I mean, he's averaging over a point per game. Yeah, he wins. And, and he's playing significant minutes. Not in terms of totality, but in terms of the amount of minutes relative to time of the game, trying to make the postseason, the types of minutes that he is playing, even if he's not playing a ton as a center, still matter. Yeah, and he is still playing some as a center. So who is the third guy? Well, that's, that's what I was going to ask you guys. Or does Besser even stay in the top three now? I, I think he should. He's going to finish with more goals than every other rookie. Yeah, I think he should too. Um, but you, you were mentioning Yanni Gord uh, earlier. Uh, I don't think I don't think Clayton Keller's in this mix. I don't think so. He just I mean, doesn't. He could heat up at the end of the season and, and get back into that mix. I don't know. I, I don't know who the third is at this point. Kyle Connor, Alex DeBrinkett, Nico Hishier all hanging around with uh if you're just if you're going by points those guys all have 41 points if you're going by goals which i i I don't know i still think goals should have a little extra value than assists don't you i mean if barzal has 51 assists that's so much more insane but if there's if he's the only one averaging better than a point a game right yeah but if you get if you get players that are close in total points i would use goals as the tiebreaker and besser is 29 gord connor and debrinkett all have 22 uh, Barzal has 18. Those are your top five. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I'm interested to see if Besser still stays in the top three. He should, I think. But, yeah, um, I do too. I, as far as the third one, let's let's wait and see how the season plays out, I guess. Because there's really just not a clear number three candidate right no. now, which tells you all you need to know about the rookie race. Which we thought at the beginning of the season, by the way, would be wide open and interesting. And, yeah, not so much. Yeah. Well, not now. Not with the injury. So, Vancouver, um, now there's really no reason to watch them. Come back next year. Maybe. And then that still won't be watchable, but we'll see. Besser's fun to watch, though. Yes, he is. What was the actual quote, though? We should get that out there. Oh, uh, let me find that. It, it was very odd and cryptic and vague. And, like, last night they, he was listed as day-to-day. I mean, I know that he was... Well, I mean, technically we're all day-to-day. To a but, um, let me find it. So there's no way they could really have a diagnosis last night. But the quote today was, was pretty... Vague slash concerning. All right, so this is from Rick Dollawall of Sportsnet in Vancouver. Source on Besser injury, quote, not career-threatening and not a serious injury, but can't see him playing again this season. Best to shut him down. There will be a few weeks of discomfort. Sounds like a deep contusion to me. 
to the tailbone, which is not a good place to have a contusion. Dr. Craig. Just saying. I don't know why you need to put not career-threatening in there. I didn't think it was career-threatening until he said that. Well, because I'm assuming because they're just assuming, like we are, that it was a back injury. So, Whenever you see somebody that has suffers a back injury, you're thinking, uh, is it spine? Is it, is it spinal? Is this, yeah. this going to be back surgery? Oh. Bulging disc? All those other th- bad, terrible things that can happen. And as you've seen in sports world or anything, like Steve Kerr's talked about this, back surgery is troublesome. Yeah, and it yeah. doesn't always fix the problem, and sometimes creates new problems. So, but he, to be clear, isn't looking at back surgery. Wait, I don't know like what he's. I mean, no. I, I, again, I don't know. According to that, reading reading between the lines of that, if it's not you're saying it's not serious, means they're probably not cutting him. I'm I'm so. reading it as if this was a playoff team, maybe they would bring him back for the playoffs, maybe, or they at least wouldn't rule that out today. But because Vancouver has no chance, why would you rush your best player back? Yeah, it just seems to me like he's going to play next season, but. Don't waste your time thinking about him this year. Okay. Which, by the way, he shouldn't play again this year unless he's unbelievably healthy. No. Because what's the point? There's, he stands out so much when you watch the Canucks. Like, you can see the two Sedins without... Like my test is always, can you tell where guys are on the ice without if they didn't have numbers on the back of their jerseys? You can tell where the Sedins are because it's like they are completely in sync moving up and down the ice. But Besser so much faster than everybody else that it's impossible to miss him. Yeah. What do we have? We're less than five weeks now in the season. Yeah. So, mm, there's a chance he comes back if it's if it is just truly a bone bruise. It can heal up in a few weeks. He can come back and play. But uh, how about the Florida Panthers? Yeah. yeah. Seems like every week on this show we talk about a new team that's on a five or six game winning streak in the East. Yeah, but this one actually matters because they, they actually have talent. and They've just been underperforming all year. Well, they're one point out of a playoff spot, and they've mm-hmm. got games in hand on Columbus. Three. And New Jersey. And Jersey, yeah, three games in hand. Yeah, it's a good story. They could make the playoffs, which would be kind of a stunner because I think most people wrote them off. Now, that's what happens when you won, what, six in a row now? And nine of their last 11, quietly 12 of their last, 13 of their last 16. I mean, they've been winning. I, I can't, anything before that isn't great. But since January 30th, they've won 13 of 16. I'm not really sure how they're doing it. It's not like they went out and added any pieces. Should, should I read the text? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Well, I, I asked our good friend Redeem Verbata, who plays of the for show. the Florida Panthers periodically. Official pronunciation <laughs> expert of the Natty Hattie podcast. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Redeem Verbata. That's how it's pronounced. We need to get him back on. We, friend of the show, right? Yeah. So my, my actual question was, what is going on with that team? His response, they stop playing me regularly. <laughs> 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 Good stuff. That's a pretty fantastic quote. Uh, yeah, I miss I miss having Verbata around. We want them in the playoffs or not? I mean, I don't absolutely. Think yeah, they're miss. they're a more exciting team than. And, and we're looking at the possibility of a first round matchup with Tampa. An, an all Florida matchup would be cool. It's never happened. But just to play devil's advocate, Columbus just traded for Thomas Vanek. We don't want to see him in the playoffs. <laughs> Okay, um, so yeah, on the oh, Florida, back yeah. to the Florida Panthers for a second. Okay. No, again, they're an, they're an exciting team that has a lot of pieces. We talked about Huberto and Trocek and Barkov and Bukestad and wondering why, you know, old friend of the Valley, Keith Yandel, and wondering why they weren't performing better. And we talked about maybe they shouldn't have fired their coach that's taken an expansion team to the, yeah, maybe. Maybe to the Western Conference Final. Maybe that maybe. was a poor decision. Uh, but that's a team that we expected to take steps forward the last two years and instead took a big step back last year and thought we're taking another step back early this year. So they, they have enough talent to be a playoff team. So uh, 
to me, I think there's enough offense to be had in a Tampa Bay-Florida series that I'd be much more interested in that than Tampa-New Jersey or Tampa-Columbus. If you guys could just keep talking for another 17 minutes, I could get NHL.com to load the Florida Panthers stats. Well, as Verby also pointed out, Florida, and they just played one of those games, 20 games in 36 days to close the regular season, that's that's a bit of a challenge. So they may come back to earth a little bit here. You know, you, you have to stay hot now. They're not in the playoffs yet. They need to sort of maintain this sort of pace that they're on. Not, not winning every game, of course, but they need to play very good hockey to get into the playoffs. We'll see if they can sustain it. I would love to see that first-round matchup, though. It's... it's when you look at the possibilities for Tampa Bay, what's more interesting than that? I don't. Columbus just doesn't have any mojo this year. New Jersey, in some ways, yes. Uh, yeah. I like some of their youth there, but I, I think this would be the, the most intriguing first-round series for Tampa Bay of, of the options available. And New Jersey seems like a team that next year will be more exciting. I feel like New Jersey's starting to fade, almost like hitting the collective rookie wall as mm-hmm. a team, where they're still playing okay, but they're not playing like they were before. Uh, the one thing that has changed with Florida is Luongo being healthy and back. And the second he, they put him back between the pipes, he's been excellent. Like, he hasn't had any transition back after missing, what, almost two months? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, he's been really, really strong since coming off. So injury. will he be less or more active on Twitter if he is actually in the playoffs? Less and, unless he's a healthy scratch in so one that, of the games. That's a loss for us, actually. Yeah. yeah. But he'll be more active right when their playoff run ends two weeks into the playoffs. So he's got a 930 save percentage this year. That was the thing. I mean, when they went out and got him a couple years ago, we talked about this on the show. You, you get a, a stabilizing goalie like that, and even with a young team, you're in a lot of the games because your goalie's so good. Mm-hmm. And so over time, that's going to teach these young players. It just gives them the experience of playing in, in, in big minutes at the end of a game where it's it's one thing if you have a young team that's not winning and you're losing every game 4-1. to one, But if you're losing all the games 3-2 to two or 2-1, two to one, then you're at least in them late, and at some point maybe you turn the corner. Alexander Barkov, 21 points in the 18 games yep. since they've really gotten going. Uh, go. Yeah, Sasha Barkov's a star that nobody knows about because he plays for the Panthers. How about I mean, Dadnoff? Dadnoff's been really good, too. 18 points in the, uh, in the 16 games, and he's 10 goals, 8 assists. I mean, it, it hasn't been Jonathan Huberto. He's got four goals in that yeah. stretch. It's been Dadnoff, Barkov, but he's been, and He was Luongo. really good earlier in the year. He, just, he hasn't been great in the last little bit. But. No. Speaking of stabilizing goalies who help their young teams uh, – Boy, do the Calgary Flames miss Mike Smith. Desperately. They are in deep trouble right now in the playoff race. They are three points back. Yeah, three points back behind St. Louis and Colorado, though. Neither Mm -hmm. of them is in the the playoff picture either. And they've played more games than everybody in front of them. One or two, depending on who they are. This is an interesting one to watch because if you're looking at this uh, from from a management standpoint or ownership standpoint, you can say, okay, we lost our goaltender and... That clearly had a dramatic impact on this team. Nonetheless, if this team misses the playoffs this season, does somebody lose their job? Is it Glenn Gulletson? I think it probably is. This is a team that, again, the, the, the perfect example of my hashtag trademark nonlinear progression of looking at the way this team has gone. Where it's way too long of a hashtag. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. There was, I've got, we had like a terribly like long hashtag at one point in, in the sports world. like It was like a, a football coach that had like a massively long hashtag. Clearly had never used Twitter before. Uh, but yeah, I, I look at this team and I say, I see the, the clear issue is secondary scoring. We've identified that early in the year. It's continued to be a problem. Now you lose your goaltending, and their goaltending without Mike Smith has been atrocious. So now you have two... Same percentage was 885 going into that last yeah. game, and it dropped from there. From their guys that have filled in for him. So that's, that's just brutal. You can't have that this time of year. Yeah, and so you know, now you have two massive holes on your team right now and they're just they don't look like a playoff team and it's just 
it, it's unfortunate because they have like, like I hate seeing teams with that much young talent just continue to miss out. Yeah, and when you talk about nonlinear progression, I still feel like Calgary should be in the playoffs at this point. They, they should, should be, be at that stage in their development where they make the playoffs every year. So, and that's why I say, even with Mike Smith being out, does somebody lose their job if this team fails to make it? And I, I could definitely see that happening because this team, it, it, when you look at the investment they've made in their blue line alone, yeah, and then that top line. That's enough to get you into the playoffs. You I, need to make the playoffs in that lineup. I know I said this a couple weeks ago, but uh, uh, hi, Dave, you want to coach? I mean, I, I think Dave Tippett, if Joe, Joe Quenville gets fired, I think that's a team that if they they hire one of those two coaches, because I think those are difference makers uh, on the behind the bench, yeah. that at a couple second, you know, second, third line pieces in the offseason, Smith comes back healthy, I think that's a team that's in the top three in the Pacific next year. They, they listen they, to Tip say Schmitty. Again, yeah. Post-game <laughs> they seem like they were set up to make the playoffs this year. I mean, yes. the Pacific, in my opinion, is going to get more difficult now. We're starting to see it. You know, If Vegas is legit, and they were legit enough where they made a realistic push for Eric Carlson, I would assume Anaheim's going to be stronger next year because I'm going to assume they're not going to be as injured. Can't be this hurt. Yeah. yeah. San Jose, I'm iffy on going forward. LA, I'm also iffy on them being better. Vegas, this offseason, is going to be... Interesting for them. Yeah, it is. Because I, I think they're going to take you a step... trade for Eric Carlson? Yeah. Because I think they're going to take a step back, but then they could also get Eric Carlson, and then you're like, oh, okay, well, not only... They took a step forward. So... Vegas basically is going to get better on paper this offseason, but probably not have the same record next year. Well, right? they'll is trade for Eric Carlson I'll, and sign John Tavares, and... Then yeah, then, then they'll be okay. Then they'll win the cup. It doesn't yeah. really... <laughs> at that point, there's not, not really a debate. But I think Calgary... I'm, I'm with you guys. I totally understand the concept of nonlinear progression because Jamie has explained it seven weeks in a row. But at the same time, it's not like Calgary's record has gotten better each of the last three years. It was good. It went down. It got better. I mean, that's what nonlinear means, Luke. Yeah, exactly. Maybe you don't know what the definition was. <laughs> no, it's exactly what it means. I'm telling you, they have followed nonlinear progression. They should still be good this year. They, they should be a playoff team. team. They should. There you go. Yeah. There's no reason. I mean, there's no reason they shouldn't be. Okay. And so on that note, by the way. If we're looking Craig's at coaches, about <clears throat> I'm trying to do segues since nobody else is trying here. I've been trying to fix my laptop. Okay. Can I borrow your absurdly large keyboard real quick? No, you can't. You uh, can just stare at it with envy. <laughs> All right. Which coaches could be fired after this season? I, I think we're at the point where nobody's going to fire their coach now, right? It is I, I the NHL, that, so maybe that that they would cool. do it two days later. Go. Actually, maybe Florida because they're winning too much. But that's <laughs> it. They're the only ones. This is going to cost me too much. Or like, oh, we actually might make the playoffs, so we need to fight to find a good coach. Yeah. Um, so, so who's on your list? We just named Glenn Gullitson as one possibility. I think you named Joel Quinville as well. Who else would be on that list? Uh, well, when we, we sort of did this lightly a couple weeks ago, Gullitson was the name that, that popped up for all of yeah. us, and they've been worse since then. So Todd I, McClellan, maybe? McClellan. I'm not sure if McClellan's in more danger or if Shirelli's in more danger. I, I'm not sure. I think they're both in danger, but I think when the GM gets scared, I, the coach usually is the one to go first. And then it is what Edmonton does, right? When things go wrong, they just fire their entire front office and start over again. Yeah. Who's, who's been there longer between those two? I, I mean, it, it was pretty close, wait, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I'm trying to remember now. Is there Deer Dallas Aikens with Shirelli? I can't remember. I think Shirelli's been there longer. There's been 11 coaches hired since January of 2017, so basically the last... 14 months. So I would assume none of them are getting fired. You, you would think that you get more than a year, probably. So that's why it's been such a light year in terms of coaches actually getting fired, because the ones with the longest tenure 
are having some success. Yeah. And longest tenure is like right. four it's, years, it's three like years. The vast majority of the league yes. has been replaced in the last three years. So McClellan has been there since May of 2015. If Chiarelli got there after that, I could see them somehow, even though McClellan has nothing to do with how badly their cap has been mismanaged. And by the way, people in Edmonton, not like they hadn't figured this out before, but more and more people seem to be turning on Chiarelli now, whereas last year, I'm convinced we were the only three people yes. who thought that Taylor no, we Hall were. trade was bad. Yes. How many, how many points in a row? How many games in a row is he at a point now? Like 130. 130. Okay. Uh... <laughs> And that's not playing with McDavid. That might be a slight exaggeration, but not. not I, I, my wireless isn't working for some reason, so I can't tell you anything. You guys will have to do all the research. Do you think Mike Yo is in any danger? Or the... I don't know. It, it's such a. It, it, he was their coach in waiting, and that whole he, yeah, that whole scenario was. Yeah, and they just made a coaching change. I yeah. can't imagine another one's coming. And I mean, you liked them enough to name him coach in waiting. Yeah. So and then fire Hitchcock and all that other stuff. So Shirelli, April of 2015. When did McClellan arrive? Did you say? McClellan was May of 2015. Okay, so Shirelli hired McClellan. So there's your answer. So, but they could easily do the... Well, yeah, okay. I mean, they could replace both, but... Yeah. I... Um, I mean, if they've given him a reason. This is a, this is a bad enough season relative to expectations to clean house completely. Well, how about but, this? How about this? Edmonton right now, we just saw them last night. They played the Coyotes. They have 60 points on the year. 28, 34, and 4. They're not going to make the playoffs. Milan Lucic has another goal. <laughs> That's nice. They've, uh, they've been out of it for a while now. The season. Are they a playoff team next year? Not as currently constructed. No. I mean, we saw this at the beginning of the season. Yeah. We said this at the beginning of the season. This is not a very good team on paper. We talked to Edmonton and Ottawa, two teams that we were afraid of massive regression, and it happened. And you can't fix Edmonton right now. There's no room to, to fix their problems. You, you need someone to feel sorry for you as teams used to feel for Chicago. <laughs> like that's what that's what you need. you need. No one has pity for Edmonton because no. they won far too many high draft picks and didn't do anything. No, and just... they have the best player in the world, soon to be. But, still think it's Crosby, but like they, like teams aren't. I don't. I just don't know how they do it without getting rid of Lucic's contract and some other things and undoing the Taylor Hall trade. Let's do this right now. Do they do they pick number one overall this summer? Yes no. or no? No. You know what? History has taught me yes. I'm going to go with yes. But you know, we when you read. Edmonton media, they're they're gonna trade for Oliver Ekman Larson in the offseason, so it'll all be good. Well, if it's based on last recent Chiarelli trades, the equivalent would be about McDavid for OEL, right? Yes, yeah. If so you're gonna give good. up Taylor Hall for Adam Larson, you can give up McDavid for Oliver Ekman Larson. Let's work backwards from longest tenured coaches and, and see which one of these guys that you think is most in, in jeopardy. Joel Quenville. Quenville's been there for ten years. Here, I was gonna throw one other name in the mix too. It's Jeff Blaschel. I have to have to believe is in some kind of danger. Yeah. I mean, when when we again we talked about this before, he was brought in to help the young players progress, and that hasn't happened. No, it just hasn't happened there. Yeah, they're a weird team, Detroit, because you look at it and you say they're not really underachieving. They're not that good of a lineup, but no. at the same time, it doesn't look like it's trending up. They're no, just kind of there. But you look at the last like two or three years and you look at their young players and you say, where, where is that next step? And that's the point I brought up on the show. We have seen their young players take one step forward and think, okay, they're on their way, and then they stop. And it, they never take that second step forward. Yeah. yeah. Like Gus Nyquist peaked three years ago. Thomas Tatar is now with a different team. Yeah, they gotta, at least they got a good return for him. All right, so over under two and a half coaches getting uh, let go this summer. Two, I'd say an over. Over. Okay. Three and a half? 
I don't know that I can find four coaches that are going to lose their jobs. Yeah, I really you know, can't. I, I thought about Elaine Vigneault, but I, I don't think so, especially because they signed him to an extension through 1920. And I'm not sure if that accomplishes anything. Probably going to allow him. Yeah, I don't know if it does either. You've, you've already maybe maybe you like a guy like that in that situation. Yeah. So, yeah, those four names are the would be the ones that I would point to. So, I'll say three, okay. three at the end of the season, and then we'll probably be blown away. There'll be seven. Because yeah, uh, like, like the Rangers, you're you're not in win now mode. No. Like so, why you're not bringing in a coach to win now? Uh, and you, you why pay the money? Yeah. For yet another guy. If um, if Detroit were to move on from Blasio and Joel Quenville was available, is that somewhere he might go? I can't imagine he'd go there. So where do you think there's, Quenville there's goes? Nothing I think he can pick and choose. That's the thing. If if I'm his agent, I'm telling him let's wait and see what's available because you're going to be at the top of everybody's list. So you think he waits a year? Or at least he doesn't take like let's let's say this well, is how it Calgary plays out. Could, Calgary could be in, intriguing, Cal- right? Good, I'm, I think Calgary's a very interesting job. Here's, here's another thing: they're fixable about. problems. Yeah. Does somebody want to take the Seattle job early and say I want to do what Gerard Gallant got? I to would do. I avoid could that build like the my play. entire structure. Yeah, I'd avoid that like the pl- yes, because you have it's the, so hard to follow their act. Because they won't. No, they absolutely they will not. I think whoever gets in there first is set up to fail. Because now we have unrealistically we set expectations for expansion teams. Didn't I just don't think it's likely. Come out though that the NHL plans on on basically having this the same structure. They do. I mean, but still, but that doesn't mean it's. I mean, still no, it again, look it back doesn't. at that draft and no. tell me. I understand. Oh yeah, this is going to be super. <laughs> this but, is going to be a great team. We looked at the team on paper and we said, yeah, they're not going to be anything. They're going to be the worst team in the league. If you're Dave Tippett, or why well, I said Vancouver was, if you're Dave Tippett or Joel Quenville, and you can just lock that job up and sort of sink your teeth into it a year before you're actually out there coaching on the bench. I, I don't think because they're going to follow the same format, the Seattle team is going to do what Vegas has done, but no. I think they'll be in a position to not be terrible right out of the game. Yeah, and I think there are uh, plenty of attractive things with developing your own culture, starting from scratch. Yeah. You're just sort of laying the foundation of a franchise. And I might add that uh, Dave Tibbetts' oldest daughter and grandkids live in Seattle too, so that's another poll for him if he's interested in that job. Just putting that out there. Just putting that out there, just saying. How ha- Milan Lucic seriously went 29 games without a goal. Yes. Uh, there's not really a discussion he point He should have there. gone 30. <laughs> yeah. Looking at that goal. That's the sort of goal that you feel very um, fortunate to get. I've got some questions here I want to mix in, too. Sure. And uh, one of them is from Brett, who says, center versus wing for the Hart Trophy. So uh, this can lead into just a general Hart Trophy discussion. Center. Yes, that's my that's but, my contribution to the discussion. Does it always have to be a center? no? If you it's have a, an extraordinary case for a wing, say he scores sixty goals or has a, a significant point lead over anybody else, I can see that happening. But all things being equal, I'm voting for the center because their duties are greater. Yes, right. when you're voting for an MVP, everything matters. So then, who's your Hart Trophy winner right now? Because you basically just both said it's not Kucherov. It, it wouldn't be Kucherov, as much as I love Kucherov. There's two um, names that I did not expect to come racing back into this. Nathan McKinnon? And Claude Giroux. They would not be my choice. Did you just steal all your thunder? No, you didn't. You both missed both of them, actually. Uh, Evgeny Malkin and Connor McDavid. Yeah, well, Connor McDavid, I sort of... I mean, Evgeny Malkin's been in it all year. Yeah. Yeah, but... Um, Evgeny Malkin might be the most underrated superstar in the NHL. It's bad if I'm starting to underrate him. But I mean, it's just like he's been great all year. He's been great for ten years. Nate McKinnon is averaging more points per game than anybody in the NHL. Yes, I felt like for the longest time when we did when we talked about the heart. And I know we haven't done it in about a month, which coincidentally is last time Jamie put up a poll on our Twitter account. 
Kucherov. I, st- I still don't have access to our Twitter account. Okay. <laughs> Kucherov and McKinnon were were the two. It was like a two horse race, and yeah. there's a bunch of guys behind that. McDavid has definitely picked it up. He's got 30 goals, 50 assists for 80 points. And Malkin. And his team is going to miss the playoffs by double digit yeah, points. Yeah. That's if, ridiculous. If he's a finalist, I'm going to laugh. That's ridiculous. You don't think he's going to be a finalist? He shouldn't be because this team's not even going to make the playoffs. You know he plays in Canada, of right? Of course. I am aware of that. I, I am aware that he is the savior, he and is the Messiah. I'm looking at the other realistic candidates, and he's the only one that plays in Canada other than Goudreau. Like Phil Kessel, Steven Stamkos, yeah, Nathan McKinnon, Claude Giroux. These, uh, these Russian-sounding names, uh, not comfortable with those either on the ballot. So, <laughs> Yeah, you can't go Kucherov, Malkin, Ovechkin. There's no way, right? Even though Ovechkin leads everybody in goals, Malkin's second in goals and points, and Kucherov leads everybody in points. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can make a strong case that those should be the three finalists. So who wins? Because I wasn't looking at Malkin this closely, but I, I'd probably have Malkin, Kucherov, and McKinnon as my three finalists right now. Those would be my three as well. Malkin, Kucherov, and McKinnon, you said? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that's fair. I'm not even sure what order I'd have them at this point. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, Giroux's been I want to see if McKinnon, Giroux's if Colorado been, gets into the playoffs, I'm, I just might vote for Nate McKinnon as my yeah. MVP this year. Giroux's been good, but he's not playing as much center. Yeah. And no, he's not. He's only got 23 goals, which is a certain point if you're that far behind. He's 14 goals behind Malkin. That's Yeah, he, that's he's he's going to get the, the Joe Thornton treatment a little bit. It's not quite as pronounced, but... Just the, the goal-to-assist difference is going to matter when it comes to breaking down the top three here. Uh, I don't think Stamkos, Kessel, Goudreau get in there. Blake Wheeler up there again, who, who is the most, who is injury. still the most underrated player in hockey, is Blake yeah. Wheeler. Mm-hmm. Sorry, uh, Coyotes fans, cover your ears. You can't tell people to cover their ears after you've said what you. I've been beating. I've been beating the, the Blake Wheeler drum for a while now. I don't know how many how many consecutive years you have to score sixty to seventy points. Are you are you secretly practice. from Winnipeg? No, you can tell don't, don't ever insult me by saying that again. <laughs> okay, just make sure, make sure you do insult the city that you keep talking up one of their best players and you are emotionally and financially invested in their Stanley Cup chances yes. this year. Can you point out that Matthew Barzal has more points than John Tavares now? Yeah. The same amount of games. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. That's it's true. crazy. Let's talk about the Islanders. Yeah, it's seven they've, straight they've, losses now. They've decided to, well, to yeah. graciously bow out of the playoff race. And no doubt turn all their attention to signing John Tavares, who's... Still does not have a contract with four and a half weeks left in the season. All right, so it's March 6th now. Are they not going to get this done? I kind of get the sense that he's going to at least test free agency at this point. It'd be weird not to. I mean, unless, I mean they could blow him away with, like, here's here's a eight-year, $80 million offer, or eight-year... Eight-year, $80 million isn't enough. <laughs> I said, yeah, eight-year, $90-something million dollar offer. Like, But I imagine he's going to see what's out there. If he leaves the Islanders, aside from the fact that that just would absolutely obliterate that franchise, who he can who who can afford him where he would actually go other than Vegas? Because all the teams that you're going to immediately say, well, Toronto or the Rangers or whatever, like those teams really don't have a ton of cap space for him. No, they'd have to move mountains. They'd have yeah. to do a lot of maneuvering to, to work him in. Which I would do for Tavares, who is probably the second most underrated player in the NHL. Or at least overlooked. I wouldn't say he's underrated. Like people realize he's good, but nobody ever watches him play because well, Coyotes fans can dream. Well, it's kind of, That's where kind I was of going exactly with it. what they need. Carolina is another team to watch, by the way. I will make this bold statement that isn't really that bold because I don't think it'll ever be put to the test. If John Tavares was signed by the Arizona Coyotes this summer, they would make the playoffs next year. I, that's my personal guarantee. As long as he doesn't get hurt in like the second game. Maybe he'll go to New Jersey because he likes the tri-state area. 
He likes playing in secondary markets within the tri-state area. New Jersey would be a pretty good team if they added Tavares. Yes, Anybody that yes. adds Tavares? Every, yeah. Is there a team out there that could add him and not make the playoffs? Yes. Montreal? Yes. That's exactly. Ottawa. You beat me to the punch. <laughs> Montreal, Ottawa, yeah, both those teams. Who's the worst team next year? Buffalo. No, they can't be the worst team again. Why can't why, why, why can't are, they what, couldn't be this year when I picked them? We what back, signs we the of tape. progress are you seeing? Did you see Myrtle's story by the way, comparing the Leafs and the Sabers? I did not. And, and by, by the way, I, I think they the oh, but the, the athletic glossed over how, just how much Austin, Austin Matthews beats yeah, them. They did also draft well, and they have high end forwards. That's true. It is true. But how good would those high end forwards be if he weren't in the lineup? Yes, I, I think it would. It would show it would noticeably. Nonetheless, with what's going on with Buffalo, they don't even have that much talent on that team. No, they don't. And, and we need to go back and check the tape from when the, our last show of the preseason where we all the draft teams. Oh, no, I, I remember this. We're not going to. And I won't remind you that you took Vegas because we all want to take no, Vegas. No, I didn't take Vegas. Whoever I took, took Vancouver. Vegas. Craig took Vegas. Whatever. We're all taking But I said Buffalo. No, not whatever. whatever. <laughs> no, whatever. You didn't say Buffalo. You said uh, Washington. How's that? <laughs> but I said Buffalo, and everyone's like, oh, really? You don't think? Like, yeah, Buffalo's not making it. Because Buffalo was your first pick. I don't think any of us thought they were making the playoffs. It was just interesting they were your first pick. Because I know what I'm talking about. I'm a genius, Luke. Either one of your picks could still end up last in the NHL, by the way. Now that Brock Besser's out and Buffalo is still Buffalo. I think I went with Buffalo and Detroit. I think we're my two. On brand. Craig went with Vegas and probably Chicago or something. Or Ottawa. He might have gone with Ottawa. Nobody hated Ottawa more than Craig. Uh, Craig just didn't want to talk about Ottawa. I can't think of who my other team was. I know Vancouver was one of them. Who? um, let's, Let's do this. With the Coyotes have the worst record in the NHL right now, but let's be realistic. How many of these teams are they better than right now? Uh, three, two or three. So Vancouver, they're better than Buffalo and Ottawa. They're better than Van- they're clearly better than Montreal. They just beat Montreal. Yeah, I'm Montreal's not terrible. I, Montreal is a Vancouver's bad no no Vancouver's the like the line for me. Okay, really you don't see? I could see them being better than. They're hot right now, but let's not let's not forget. Well, I'm not moving them up to like tenth. The, in the other NHL. fifty something games that they played this year. There's some bad teams. Where they lost by a, a gazillion. I do think you know. And blue it's and funny because I wrote this in the story the other night when they won their last game of the road tri- uh, the homestand to go five and two. Dave Thibodeau was used to talk about that, and that wasn't mm-hmm. he, well, Dave Thibodeau wasn't throwing stones at anybody else. The Coyotes were playing well, and I'm not sure if it was the uh, which season it was where they were playing well near the end of the season. It might have been that. Debacle of the 14 15 year. It was another, yeah. I think he said it at least a couple different no, seasons. They were not where, playing well at the end of that year. So they're playing well at the end of a season. I don't even remember which one it was. And people they were, all people were trying to give him yeah. props for it. And he basically said, Look, these games don't mean as much. You can't judge what a team does at this time of year by wins and losses as much as you can yeah. when it matters, when you have the pressure of making the playoffs. Now, that there are things that mitigate that. When you go up against teams that are trying to get into the playoffs right now, and if you beat them, well, that says something. And, th- and there are certainly things to, to like about the Coyotes' play lately. They, they're definitely understanding his system a lot better. They're a lot tighter in their own zone. They're a lot better through the neutral zone. So a lot of things are going well. But again, don't. I'm, I'm not to the point where I'm going to say the Coyotes have turned the corner and next season, watch out. No, they still have significant holes mm-hmm. in their forward group. They have, they have significant holes, and I really think that's what John Chaika is going to look at addressing. It's not going to be easy, though, because the biggest hole is a number one center. Yeah, and they don't go on trees, and Shirelli can't trade McDavid yet. So He could trade Dreisaitl. Uh 
No, I'm not saying that the Coyotes are a playoff team. I was saying if they added John Tavares, they'd oh, yeah. be a playoff team. Yeah, but, but, but if you add a franchise changer, yes, that changes the equation completely. But, but what, what yeah. I am saying is... As currently constructed, I don't imagine this team is going to finish outside of the bottom five in the league next year if there were no changes. Like, okay. I, don't, I don't think it's like, oh, now they're clicking and there will be changes. He's going to do something. Of course there will be, yeah. I don't know how he's going to address the center position, though. That's that's the biggest challenge, yeah. right? Because you can go get a winger. You can get more pop on the wing, and I do think they need another scoring winger. Yeah. But that's that's. But their biggest issue is still yeah, going to the be the second issue. The second issue, they 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 definitely need to address. Of course, they need to re-sign Antti Ranta and Oliver Ekman Larson mm-hmm. as well. But back to what Craig was saying that Dave Tippett said, they're eight two and two in their last twelve. Mm-hmm. I, I completely understand the argument if there's no pressure on them, and you can see it. There's there's been plenty of of teams that they've faced in this stretch, that like are not playoff teams and have played backup goalies. Well, yeah, that for sure. Minnesota playing Alex Stalock, that could have been a different game if they played. A guy who looked like an NHL goalie. He's been fine in the past. He looked terrible in that game. But uh, (laughs) Chicago, Montreal, those are probably the two best examples in this recent stretch of teams that not only are missing the playoffs and not playing well. Yeah, but you haven't let me finish my sentence. Chicago and Montreal specifically, teams that just seem so frustrated that they've kind of... Like, they have nothing to gain by winning and everything to lose every time they go out there, whereas the Coyotes at this point have nothing to lose. And you can tell they're playing pretty loose hockey because every time they win, it's it's like the greatest thing ever. And when they lose, it's like, well, yeah, you started the year with 11 straight losses. Of course you're going to lose. Yeah, I mean, look, they've, they've certainly played better, and I'm not trying to, like, disparage the, the Coyotes for playing better. But, I again, I only read so much into that. And I, and I think it's just you've you got to win games when they actually matter for your team. And I, I don't I feel agree. I am slightly more encouraged now than I was mm-hmm. six weeks ago about what their future looks like. But I'm not. I don't. My opinions about where they have holes in their issues haven't changed because yeah. they haven't been addressed because they can't be addressed at this point in the year. Well, and, and look, and this is not to take something away from their what they've done thus far because when you look at the moves that John Chayka made in the offseason, now when you, when you have a, a healthy Nicholas Chalmers and now that Antti yeah. is proving that he's a number one goalie. And Derek Stepan's been pretty good, and Jason Demers has helped their defense. Jason Demers has been really good lately. Their blue line is set if they keep these guys together. Their top five are mm-hmm. set. I don't know what they're going to do with Kevin Connaught and Luke Shen. It doesn't that, matter. That won't be the difference. You can, you can fill season. in a six and seven That won't be the difference. Yeah. You can put Rasmus Dahlin in there. But, yeah. And you have you appear to have your starting goal goaltender, assuming you sign him, so now you need to turn your attention. But but John Tyke, John Chica did some really good things with this team in the offseason to solidify areas that really needed attention. I think we're to the point where I know for the longest time there was the, well, he's so young and the jury's still out. Look at what he's done, as Craig just said, on the blue line and in net, assuming they get Ronta signed. This team looks completely different when Ronta's on the ice. They're in pretty much every game now. And that blue line, he goes out and he adds Demers and Jalmerson this past offseason, and he adds, what, Goligoski and Chikrin the season before, and I understand they drafted Chikrin, but he also made the move to trade up a few spots and basically get Detroit to give up on Chikrin, who they need more than anything right now. Um, not give up on him, they never had him, but give up the spot to draft him. He constructed this defense essentially in two off-seasons. Yeah, and I think if, when you look at the Coyote season, you have to kind of identify what is the disappointing part, because I don't think anybody looked at this team and said they're a playoff team, for sure, when the season began. So I think you have to look at the team and say, okay, what is what is the cause of all of the angst? And yes, some of it is clearly the you lost a million games in a row to start the year. But it was the lack of progression from Max Domi. Anthony it Duclair. was, yeah, it was lack of progression from Anthony Duclair. It was getting nothing out of Dylan Strome. 
you were looking at individual players and you that you were hoping we're going to have better seasons and be like, all right, we're going to lose, but at least there's hope about this player, this player, this player. That's what fans were telling themselves when the season began. So disappointment isn't that they're not going to make the playoffs. It's disappointing that they might finish with the worst record in the league. They won't. But, yeah, because Buffalo's still there and Ottawa's chugging their way down the standings. Yeah. But I think the disappointment was players not progressing the way that they thought. And that can change in a season. I'll take it a different direction. I don't disagree with you. But for me, I expected them to, to get out of the gate slow. They got out of the gate record-wise even slower than I anticipated. As slow as humanly possible. Yeah. But for Ranta to look as good as he has, he's 6-1 in his last seven starts with like a 1.54 goals against average or something. And, and it's not just the last seven starts. He's looked good for the most part when he's been able to stay on the ice. Since although the new year. He wasn't able to stay on the ice last night, so I don't know what to think there. To me, the biggest disappointment, you've constructed that defense that I think is legit, and you've got a goalie that if he stays on the ice I think is pretty good. They're last in the NHL on goals scored. Mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily anticipate that. I didn't expect this to be a high-scoring team, but to be 31st out of 31 teams in goals scored. But that goes back to some of the young players that they were expecting. Again, I I don't think anybody thought, you know what, uh, Brad Richardson and... Nick Cousins are going to lead the team in goals. Like, nobody was expecting that, but they were expecting more out of Max Domi. They were expecting more out of Duclair. I can't, I can't, they were, the expectations for Clayton Keller were higher after month one uh, in terms of goal scoring. Uh, you know, they thought maybe Dvorak could could touch twenty. Yeah, Dvorak didn't didn't play well for the first few months of the season. You know, either. Max Domi's he's gotten better. Max Domi could end here with absolutely. Yeah, I think he's been a good player. Yeah, lately. he's been really good. Lately. I mean, Domi could finish the year with single digit goals, which he's not going to shoot three point whatever percent. With for their for his career, it's not going to happen. But you know, the guys that they thought would be possible twenty goal scorers, they're going to have maybe one twenty goal scorer on their team. And and here's the, here's and the reality: the look, uh, outside of possibly Nick Merkley, what do they have in the system where you can say that guy could be a goal scorer? Maybe Nick Merkley. I'm not even maybe. sure of that yet. They don't have those guys. No, the they guys need, are up. They need to fill. Those holes it in was, their system as well. It was Perlini and Keller. Those were the two players we talked about. Mm-hmm. Is that they will be the goal scorers of the future of this team? Are right. we concerned? Maybe Duclair, but that obviously that's not going to happen. That Keller has six goals in the last four months. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. I'm not giving up on him by any means, Listen, but that's very. Con- I mean, there's a rookie wall, then there's that. Yeah, he's not a one-dimensional player. I'll say that about. He creates offense, and you can see that when when he has the puck on his stick, he can create things, and he draws the defense's attention. So I like that. I think there's a lot to work with there. He's not one of those north-south players that you just say... That's invisible when they're not Go to the net. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. A a Kyle Connor kind of. And I I like Kyle Connor, but he is invisible on the ice a lot of nights when he's not scoring. Yeah, he's another guy that would have been in the Rookie of the Year race, but he started late, and you're right. There are nights where he's just... But you don't see him out there. Although Winnipeg has so many good forwards that how can you find them all? I think if you talk to John Chica and and, and Tim Bernhard, their director of scouting, they'll tell you, look, our, our system... We need more good players in the system, not just on the NHL club. They need more players in the system. They need to draft a heck of a lot more forwards now. They try yeah. to stock their defense, and we'll see how those guys pan out. But they need more elite forwards, so that, that's where they have to turn their attention this offseason, both through trades, which I think will be the significant way in which they add to the NHL roster immediately, and through the draft. They need to stock the system. Because when you're talking about guys like Lawson Krause, Lawson Krause is a bottom six forward and yeah. nothing more. And that's fine. He can fill a role for you because he has size and speed. He can do certain things, but he's not going to score consistently for you. I think we're all pretty comfortable with the fourth line they have. Yeah, of, uh, the fourth Martin line they have Richardson. Very yeah. good. I don't know if Richardson will be back next year, but the Martin Oak Richardson Cousins trio is, is pretty solid. The problem is 
it's harder to fill out your top two lines. Uh, I've got a question from Joe about the Coyotes, so I may as well throw it in now. What do you think the Coyotes' plans are for the futures of Hunter Miska, Merrick Langhammer, and Aiden Hill? Well, I mean, I, for two of the three, with, with Hill and with Miska, I would say they are two of their, they're probably their two greatest goaltending prospects right now. They're at the top of the list. They have high hopes for both those guys. I don't think either one of those guys will be in the NHL next year. I mean, it's pretty clear now. Yeah. Darcy Kemper just signed a two-year contract extension. So that tells you what they think of the Coyote. Those, those two players' development, they're not ready yet. They would like them to play another year, at least in the AHL. But they are high on their prospect list. Merrick Longhammer is a guy who just... He's a guy. Yeah, he's, he's just a body that fills out your system. I don't ever see him being a significant contributor to this franchise. And don't forget, they own the rights to Merrick Madsen at Harvard as well. They're going to try and sign him in the offseason. So that could add a third goalie to their system. Yeah, but I don't have much else to add to that other than, again, as Craig said, you're probably going to see, assuming they resign Ronta, the Ronta-Kemper combo for the next year or two. Trying to find more questions. We have one from Eric. This isn't a question. He just said, we're going to want the Natty Hattie t-shirt with the bingo card. So when we open up the Natty Hattie store, which, where can we open that? We should know. open like an actual store. And just set up a booth. Physical location. Way. Yeah. Be the only business. Att- attach it next to the, let's, get a, let's try to work on getting like a merchandise but in like behind the mask. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Brilliant. They did sponsor one episode. Talk to Randy X. Will be here. That's right. We need to do another remote, we do. by the way. We do. We do. That really got As us I stare at Chris, thinking about how he would do a Good God, how he would no. do a remote. Please don't make me do that. Uh, there was another question here teeing up Jamie to get upset at oh, Peter Chiarelli. Oh, okay, yeah. well that's um, easy. It doesn't take much. How does Chiarelli still have a job as a GM, and how was he being considered for GM of the year last year? In fact, Jamie may have tweeted this into the show. Okay, so I'll, I'll address the second part first. This guy also tweeted Chris on the uh, on the tweet. So how do you feel about that? Including leftovers um, as part of the show. Well, now. I, I wonder what Chris thinks about. Oh, he doesn't have a mic because he's not important enough. So never mind. I'll, I'll answer this for him. Oh, the guy's wearing a Mets jacket, so he's already having a tough day. I've and you're going to pile life. on him. You New Yorkers are just so cruel to each other. I think, I, my, I think, my, I think my mic is muted now, so I'm just yell. Okay. Thank well. you. <laughs> uh, he also loud that you're coming through our mics. I, I'll address the second part first because you and I were kind of felt like we were in the twilight zone in Vegas. And not for the reason why everybody else feels like they're in the twilight zone when they're in Vegas. Yes. Of why on earth is everybody flocking and fawning over Chiarelli like he created some masterpiece? Because he had the foresight to draft Connor McDavid with the pick that literally anybody would have taken Connor the McDavid courage with. courage to draft Connor McDavid. Yes. It, it, yeah, it, it took a lot Was of Was that actually fun. used? No, I'm just okay. I'm, I'm altering foresight to courage. You raise the bar when you draft a guy like McDavid. He could have taken the coward's way out and not drafted McDavid, but he <laughs> yeah. went all in. Go but, ahead, Jamie. Uh, so it was always ridiculous, and you and I and Craig were always on this train of, I don't understand why everybody is, is acting like Shirelli is some, some special savant in the front office there, even when everybody was singing his praises. Uh, why does he still have a job? I don't know if he'll continue March. to have it yeah. because teams don't typically want to cycle through GMs frequently. Especially mid-season. You don't typically get rid of a GM no, in the middle no, of the season. No, it doesn't accomplish much. I mean, the reality is, is what it, bringing in another – because you're really not bringing in somebody else at that point. You're kind of promoting from within and then waiting for the offseason. But at the same time, I mean you – st- You basically say you can't trade anybody without me being the owner approving it, and that's how you kind of fire them mid-season. You can't do anything without my owner approval. But he was the he was a GM of the year candidate, he right was. or wrong, just last year. He was. Well, Are they was really going to fire him 365 well, one, days later? Two, that doesn't mean anything. I'm trying to see how many of the like, previous it mean, GMs of the, of the year, year are gone. It means nothing. Like Ray Shiro is now with New Jersey. 
Don Maloney won the original one. Yeah, I'm, I agree with you that it doesn't mean anything because nothing. he shouldn't have been one, but I'm just wondering if Edmonton is going to look at that and be like, well, this guy's a GM of the year candidate. We can't get rid of him now. I, I, I think the noise is going to be how the hell can we finish where we finish with Connor McDavid? I think and that's going to be. Yes. Who, you know, they moved to wing at, at times this season. The with, play, because play. there's no scoring on their wings. The nuclear option. They traded Taylor Hall and Jordan Eberle. The old Coach Q nuclear option where Taves and Kane play together every once in a while because he's so mad at everybody else in the roster. And he doesn't have anything. He doesn't have anything to no. contribute. They're not getting any goal scoring. I don't, I don't know. You look at their I, stats. I, I love the, that. You, you, I use that quote, that uh, Todd McClellan quote, from when they were here, when someone asked him about how they get more scoring on the wings. He's, we've got Demon scoring some goals lately, which is nice. We've got some centers, but the wings have to score. I don't want to separate the room skill-wise or talent-wise, but there are players that are more talented at certain positions than others. We happen to have some talented players that have played down the middle over the last little bit, and some others that aren't maybe as gifted. <laughs> That's the quote. It's, it's true. How do I say this without saying it? How do I say My this wingers as plainly suck. as possible? Like, give me some wingers. The easiest piece to go out there and acquire in the NHL yes. is a winger, but they don't have any money. Is there? Is there a traded team? Him away. This, you this traded is, away a forty-goal scorer. This is the perfect example of. Because sometimes there's a lot of talk about what GMs did and didn't do and looking back in hindsight and saying, well, this move didn't work out. This is the perfect example of just slowly but surely just dismantling a Cadillac. And everybody watching it happen at the time and going, what is their game plan? Well, again, I won't say everybody. A lot of people thought the Adam Larson trade was a good trade. I would have gone with Mercedes myself, but... Yeah, this is odd going with the Cadillac. I would have gone with like a McLaren or something. Not Kyle (laughs) McLaren, just a McLaren. And what fancy cars do they drive at Edmonton? I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> Let you just borderline insult every city in Canada. Fair, probably. Maybe for Edmonton, yeah, maybe a Cadillac. I feel like Cadillac's like Lux. Lux Crown Vic. So, okay. the top... Uh, is still Geo up there? Is, wow. <laughs> is there a more top-heavy team right now? McDavid, 80 points. Dreisaitl, 60 points. Nugent Hopkins, 33 points. Yeah, and he's been hurt, but yeah, that's... No, but I mean, that's your number three point producer. 33 points... At this point which is, in the by year, the way, the player, much. which was the former number one pick they should have traded. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, they did this to themselves. There's no way around it. You, you trade Taylor Hall, and this is what you're asking. And for. Eberle. Yeah, I mean, Eberle had 30 goal upside. Yeah. So then your, your, your returners, Strom, Adam Larson, and you signing Lucic. Like it's, you don't have to go any further than that. What's the team's problem? You don't. Those two trades in this contract signing, done. The Lucic, the, the Lucic signing is important to throw in there because a lot of people, when they defend those trades, are like, well, they couldn't have afforded Taylor Hall. They had look at the salary cap. It's like, well, they could they didn't sign Milan Lucic. You could have afforded Taylor Hall. In fairness, Hall. he does score once every 29 games. Well, so. That's nice. Yeah, so you can lock in three goals a year for the next, what, six years? Edmonton's got some issues. Big time issues. You got a lot of problems. So let's talk about... Something really cool. Alex Ovechkin closing in on 600 goals. Yeah. What, what stands out to you ways. most about this, Luke, other than he plays for the Capitals and their arrival of the Penguins, and you don't like that? Uh, best pure goal scorer I have ever watched in their prime. Like, I didn't really get to see Gretzky or Lemieux's prime, mm-hmm. but Ovechkin is the best pure goal scorer I've ever seen. And I don't even think it's close, mm-hmm. to be honest. I think the thing that stands out to me is how underrated he has been. In recent years, I feel like he is about to set historic, hit historic milestones, and I feel like we don't, we just the collective hockey community doesn't give it enough attention. 
I feel like Ovechkin's almost become cliche. Like, oh yeah, he's a good goal scorer and that, that's nice. But ooh, look, shiny McDavid. Ooh, look, Kucherov. Ooh, look, uh, Evgeny Malkin. Maybe not Evgeny Malkin because he's underrated too. But like, or Kucherov. Uh, or, or ooh, look, McKinnon. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and some of it is undeniably the he is not North American. And that is going to play into the role about which parts of the country will cover him in the way that they cover Look, him. Let's just, be honest. He's not North American. He doesn't play in Canada. So two strikes correct. against him. And Washington never and it's, wins. And it's heard of Evgeny Malkin as well. And he supports Vladimir Putin. <laughs> Plays on a line with him. <laughs> <laughs> Shirts and skins, right? Yes. Oh, boy. So Ovechkin, for me, it's the longevity, the consistency, mm-hmm. right? 40, 40 goals. He's reached 40 goals. Nine times, nine, nine times. times in his career, and, and in all goal scoring's down. Thirteen seasons he has played in the NHL, he has topped thirty goals. That's he, incredible. He's twentieth right now on the all-time list for goal scoring, and I, I could easily see him finishing top ten. He's he's hit fifty seven times, and to be fair, there was a lockout shortened season where he had thirty two goals in, in forty eight games. Yeah. So he probably would have hit fifty that year. He might hit fifty this year. He's got forty right now in sixty five games. Yeah, best pure goal scorer I've ever seen. Because, again, I don't know which one of you just said it because you're both blurring together at this point. But wow. the uh, the coffee? The era that he... Uh, Smoked butterscotch. With the hard on top. Latte. The hard on top. The, hard on top. Yes. Uh, the era that he plays in to score goals like that is absurd. I mean, it, he it just is. routinely... He should routinely be a Hart Trophy finalist. Yeah, I, it, it's funny because I look at his career arc and the way people have perceived him because you have the early on career where I th- he got all the attention he deserved. Yep. And... Then you kind of had this run where we, for about th- as a as a community, for like three or four years, were trying to decide that Ovechkin was done, was on the way down, he's not as good anymore, and then kind of got lost in the shuffle. And, and I think we're we're heading toward a time in sports, in general, where people are kind of looking for the next big thing. What's next? What's next? What's next? And who's the next big prospect that's going to be there? And I feel like in the era that, you know, when Nate McKinnon gets drafted number one and then Connor McDavid gets drafted number one, Austin Matthews drafted number one, that the attention kind of shifted to the next era of goal scorer. And I think people kind of left Ovechkin in the dust, whereas, oh, well, yeah, he'll get the hero, scores 40 goals and, and move on. Like, scoring 40 goals is something that is just happens every year. Yeah, when somebody else hits 30 goals, we yeah. basically have a parade down the streets of whatever city they play for. But Ovechkin, if he doesn't hit 40, we talk about him as a disappointment. Here's a couple factors, and you guys tell me which one you think is, is the biggest in him. Again, I don't want to say he's underrated. He's a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer. You know, Craig said he might. I'll say he's underrated. Okay. I, just, I think that he isn't talked about as much as he probably should be. There is the fact that he's not North American. There's the fact that, as Jamie just said, people are so locked into whatever the shiny new object is. And if you have, if Austin Matthews scores as many goals as Alex Ovechkin, then Matthews is great and Ovechkin is having a down year or whatever. But, I mean, there's also the fact that both Washington and Russia, when he plays for them, never seem to win. Well, I think the Capitals more so than even Russia. Yeah. How much do you think it hurt him, even even without the NHL players in? He didn't get to participate in it and they won. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that had to be hard. That's kind of not... That's almost unfair, really, because he's he's been he's been one of the best players. Yeah. Um, I also think there's an element of when him and Crosby both broke in. I don't want to say they saved the league, but the league needed those two players. Yes. But they were promoted so heavily. I mean, there's a certain level of of Crosby fatigue too, where there's Crosby fatigue. There's, like there's Crosby some Crosby, fatigue, but the thing is, is, I think Crosby's become a villain in some circles, but nobody doubts his ability. Nobody ever forgets about Sidney Crosby. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like Ovechkin gets lost in the shuffle sometimes relative to his talent. I feel like people just got sick of Ovechkin, and I don't know why. Like, people got sick of Crosby and then started to make him the villain of the league. Like, we want to see him fail. They don't do that with Ovechkin. They just kind of forget. Yeah. I, I just it's, You look at somebody that's, again, a Hall of Fame talent that just does not get that type of attention. And that goes, I think in a lot of ways it goes back to the winning because the yeah, more the Penguins sure win, the more Crosby is an enemy because he's taking teams out of the playoffs. We're like, you know, Craig started this whole segment off by telling me I'm a Penguins fan and I hate the Capitals. I really don't. I mean, they've helped the Penguins win three cups. So <laughs> it's like it's a one-sided rivalry. Yeah, I don't. I yeah. don't like the Flyers. I have really nothing against the Capitals and Ovechkin in particular. Flyers, just, the Penguins' first round opponent this year. But but I think that but I think overall that's a good point about you know where does playoff success run into it because we just talked about a player we don't think gets enough attention earlier in John Tavares. I think a lot of it's for the same reason. That when, when, when you when you're not sticking around more than the first ten days of the postseason. Yeah. At some point, people just – they don't look at you the same way unless you are, again, in a massive market. So – Like Toronto goes out in the first round. Nobody's going to be like, who's Austin Matthews? Okay. McDavid's going to be a star even though his team sucks. Well, that's where I was going with this. If McDavid – I mean, if the Oilers – they missed the playoffs this year. Let's say they missed the playoffs again next year. And let's say in two years they get there but they're out in the first round because it's still a two-person show or maybe they've added a third guy. I mean, at what point does McDavid start to get either – I don't think he'll get overlooked – because of all the hype when he first came in and the fact that he is Canadian, he plays in the Canadian market. But at what point does he get unfair backlash? Oh, it'll, it'll come soon. I guess it's already started this it'll week. It'll come soon. Uh, because, I, I, again, clearly McDavid's not the problem. But that doesn't mean he won't be made out to be a problem. He could sit out the rest of the season. He'll still yeah. have a point per game. <laughs> Craig yes, was going to yes, say something good. important. Because <laughs> that's how averages work. But... Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say that with McDavid, uh, y- I could certainly see it happening in the next couple of seasons. You you always seem to take when you when you're the top player on a team, you're the, you're the face of a team. You're going to take the lion's share of the blame when your team does not have success. It's part of the gig. Yeah, that's part of, part of making a gajillion dollars a year too. Yeah, he deserves again. He deserves. He deserves. You threw me off with the uh, point per game thing that I've, I've lost yeah. my train of thought. Get, he deserves it, but at some point, if the team starts again, you know, I'm I'm. I, I don't want to be hypocritical here. I'm the one beating the drum for the Jonathan Taves compliance buyout. It can happen to anybody. Yeah. Like, I just love that simple math can derail Craig. This is a new weapon I didn't know well, I had. Again, journalism majors, you know, math is... Oh. Yeah. Were you a journalism major? Yeah. He didn't okay. play for I know the what rest of the season. He'd still average a point per game. Well, to, yes, actually, that's, I, that's and to be fair, I was somewhat incorrect. He, did, he, he, did, played, he didn't, he didn't do average. anything. <laughs> if he didn't do anything for the rest of the season, he'd average ah, a point okay. per game because okay. he's already at 80. I'm with you there. How about let's let's family feud this? Well, we mentioned uh, we mentioned the Toronto Maple Leafs, by the way, and I think you wanted to talk about them, Luke. I did, but that wasn't where I was going. Okay, we, right, so we go where you need to go. Uh, Jamie's probably going to be a butterscotch latte. Jamie's going to well, yeah. Once you guys start talking, I can have some of it. That's why I'm doing this. I think Jamie's probably going to do better at this than Craig, but I have the uh, futures to win the Stanley Cup. Ooh. So why don't you give me the top? See how many of the top eight you can get. Teams? Yeah, just teams that are favored to win the cup right now. Right right now. Right at this exact Tampa. second. No, because Tampa's got to be one. Tampa's number one. Okay. Yeah. Boston. Pittsburgh is two or three. Boston's in there, I assume. Boston's four. Pittsburgh's five. Okay. So two or three still there. Don't. don't really? Uh, Nashville is in there. Nashville's two. What if I told you Chicago's third? No. They're, yeah, they're not. Lying. Winnipeg? Winnipeg is six. And Nashville's what? Nashville's two. So, so you're, which, which you're, numbers you're are missing, we missing? You're missing three, seven, and eight. Three, seven, and eight. Is Toronto really still in there? Toronto is seven. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Three, seven, and eight. Well, now you're just Vegas? three and eight. 
Vegas is three, so you're just missing eight, which I'll just tell you is Washington because we okay. already talked about them. What is what is Winnipeg's right now? Plus what? Uh, Ten to one. Okay. Plus a thousand. So. I got good odds then. Yeah, you did. Yeah, absolutely. Sixty did. to sixty to one was wrong. Is there? Yeah. That, well, that, was wrong. that was ridiculous. No, it was wrong. It was. I, I, I couldn't. It would be. Jamie's just happy he beat Vegas, <laughs> even though he's not going to win. Because it was wrong. So in the end, Vegas is still going to win. I looked at that and said, this is not, that's, that's incorrect. You got better value than you should have, but you're not going to win. Any teams outside of those eight I just read off Anaheim. that you think are legit? Okay, well, they're ninth. Anaheim on yeah. brand. I'm going to continue to beat that drum. They're Nobody, winning the West. Nobody else. They're uh, winning the West. They're winning the West. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, no. I'm gonna I could say I'm winning the Pacific, but I can't winning say the winning the West. Uh, Philly, Dallas, LA, Minnesota, San Francisco. Imagine if Anaheim ends up a, a wild uh, Yeah, imagine if they end up a wild card. That's play Nashville in the first round. Yeah, that would be not fun. If they have to go to the Central, I'm not going to feel as confident. Those are my two teams, I would say, out of the West Anaheim and Nashville. And it's really hard to go against Nashville. I'm going to go Jets Anaheim. Really We're in a rematch of Nashville's the... played really well now. We're going to uh, play Anaheim in the rematch of Nashville the Nashville could end the up first overall in the NHL, by the way. They're, they're yeah. knocking on the door there. Yeah. Toronto. Toronto. really strong. Toronto has lost four in a row. So wait, so you're surprised that they're still seventh in terms of uh, being a favorite to win the cup? Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't think cup. I don't think the Maple Leafs are a legitimate cup contender this season. I don't. And they have to go through two teams that are clearly they're not ready for that. I mean, they did just lose to Buffalo, so I'm surprised their odds are even still on the board. But uh, four straight losses. Although the first three came to Tampa, and Austin Matthews is out. He is. Tampa, Florida, it's kind of a big deal, which underscores what we were saying about. Yeah, those other players are nice players. You're right, they're good forwards, but what would they look like without Austin Matthews? Mm-hmm. Well, like this. Yeah. Maybe not this extreme. A good, a good but not great team. Yeah. They had, though, they had won 9 of 10 before the stretch, so it's not... Again, they're a good but not great team, which is perfectly fine. They're are, young. Mm-hmm. Since, nothing wrong with that. Since they need a reason to freak out in Toronto at all times, the, the current freak out is that they're playing Freddie Anderson too much. How would you manage that down the stretch? Play him less. Okay, cool. Like I don't, I, don't, I, I mean, they are playing again. I do understand. I do understand the sense of why. Why are you going to play them seventy games when you you're going to play Boston in the first round? Yeah, does, that, does that one home game matter that much to you? Uh, maybe, maybe that, that's that's what they're thinking. Home ice, but yeah, it should not matter that much. I they're, think they're it, not going to get to a game seven. I'm if, not worried about it. If it were me, I would probably sit him. Boston's winning that series. Toronto's out in the first round this year. Yes. They, are, are, they will freak out after that happens. And they will freak out, and they shouldn't, but they will. He's played 56 games this year. So at a certain point, like how, how many games do you want him to play as your starting goalie? Is there a way – how many games do they have left? About 18? They have 14 games left. Okay, so 14 games left, which isn't even really that close to 18. I'm glad I was – I, I mean, I – How many games? 56. That's, that's not – Yes, 56 is not much. That's unreasonable yeah. for a starting goalie. But he's been playing a lot lately. Okay. Because they're freaking out. I mean, these final 14 games, like, why wouldn't you take... Split close. Well, take the next eight and at least split, if not sit him, like, six I have no idea. What are you worried about? Florida catching you? I mean, I guess... That's not happening. No. No. That's the thing. They are locked into the third spot. That's the thing, yeah. I don't understand. And Boston... They're three points behind Boston with five more games played. Yeah. But They're why, not going anywhere. So why wouldn't you then really almost give him a break here for like the next two, two and a half weeks where he just plays like maybe once or twice and then ramp it up towards the end of the regular season? I think that makes perfect sense yeah. for the last Again, five. It's, it's not going to matter, but... Well, Good idea, Luke. Somebody get Mike Babcock on the phone. I'll All tell right. him how to do his job. He seems to like that when people do Coach that. of the year. Who is the coach of the year? Gallant? Lock? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. It's, it's like it's not even a question. Over. Just like the Calder, it's over. I wonder if it's going to be unanimous. It should be. Babcock will get votes. I guarantee you he gets some. I guarantee you. You want to take this bet? 
I guarantee you he gets at least one vote for Coach of the Year. For first place? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'll take you, you think up I'm on wrong? That. I'll take you up on that. It's just just a friendly bet. Bad but yeah. we can laugh we'll at it. First place yeah. vote? Yeah, I don't think he gets first I place I want to see that ballot, whoever that is, if they give vote. him a first place vote. Well, no, you don't get to vote, He right? shouldn't get any no. first place okay. vote. I was making sure you couldn't influence this. Who finishes second then, just overall? For Coach of the Year? Yeah. Um, Maybe Paul Maurice. Paul Maurice could get it. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good call. Okay. I mean, or, probably uh, Bruce Cassidy. Cassidy. Yeah. 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 John Cooper's team is almost undefeated. He yeah. probably won't get any votes. Everybody expected it at yeah. the start of the season. We all said Tampa's winning the cup. Yeah, but last year people were talking about firing John Cooper. Well, yeah, but that was ridiculous. It was, as ridiculous. we said on the show, that's ridiculous. Why do we have to? Paxton might, might get some votes too. Yeah, they've been uh, good for them. Stadium series. <laughs> That's the nice thing you can ever say about the Flyers. Good yeah, that's the, that's the team oh, you cool. want to talk about. Don't get used to me saying anything nice about the Flyers over the next month and a half. Stadium Series, did you guys see it? Did you, did no, you I did not watch. I, I DVR'd I, uh, watched it because I, I think see it, the optics. It was cool just where it was. Yes. Uh, but again, I, I, outdoor games, they're so oversaturated at this point. I don't care. There's nothing that differentiates them from anything else anymore. Oversaturated but underpromoted, I would say. Underpromoted but still well, getting the best ratings. Underpromoted is the NHL's Still like, getting the best ratings. Yeah, but I just feel like that game, like when I was doing the scoreboard updates that night, I had to remind people that game was outdoors. Yeah, it just it wasn't really. The NHL. Craig's now looking at me. It's freaking me out for the first anything. time in the you whole had podcast. To remember, you didn't realize that game was outdoors. No, I had just... to remind people. Oh, 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 I knew, but I'm just saying, like it wasn't. I thought you meant watching it. You had to be reminded oh. it was outdoors because <laughs> that'd be I was odd. Say whoa, because that it looked amazing to me. It did. No, it looked excellent. Mm-hmm. The NHL is, is awful at promotion. We know this. So I, I had a question for you guys. Outdoors, make sure it's well known that it's outdoors. I had a question for you guys in this. Where else would you like to see them play outdoor games? Prague. Okay. Okay. All right. Fine. I'm on board with that. Let's do something on the currently frozen canals in Amsterdam. Yes. Let's yeah. Play a game there. Okay. But in terms of North America, hmm. Are you saying cities or specific venues? Venues. It's venues, all about the yeah. venue for me. You need to have... This is a visual event. That's what this is all about. Not just for television, but also for people that go. Make it a cool spot. Make, make it a cool place. I threw some names out in my Sunday column, um, and you guys may have others, but Lambeau Field is one I'd love Lambeau to see. Lambeau Field would be play, cool. Play a game up there. Just have the Wild and the Blackhawks play, because the Blackhawks always play. In the I think eventually, anyway. yeah, if they get there, CenturyLink Field. Would be a good one in a couple years. Or just out in like the Pacific Northwest rainforest or something. Just, just do, do, a, do a Canucks, a Canucks Emeralds game or whatever they're going to be. Sonics. It'll be the Sonics. Uh, I, I mean, that would be awesome. How yeah. is the Sonics not even like a finalist as a name? By the way, you want to build some anticipation? Make that the opening night for your oh, Seattle gosh, team. Oh, that would be great. Cool. Make that make opening night. play outside too much. So you, you want, but this, you want to promote something? You want to promote your new team and you want to get them opening night? It's a great idea. And that's a great way to appease all of the, because they have, they have too many, too many, I put in quote, air quotes, too many people that want to buy tickets up there in Seattle now. Yeah, they have too it's many good, fans. This is a good way to kind of like try to jump up some interest in, for, and not hurt those that aren't going to get season tickets when Such they do bandwagon this. fans. Probably couldn't even tell you a single player on the team. They couldn't. Okay, so. Can name one player? Let me throw some others out there. AT&T Stadium in Dallas. How cool would that look? That would be an interesting one. I wonder how it's going to work with like the scoreboard, though. I don't know. How do they move that thing? How is that thing retractable? I don't know. We should get Jerry Jones on the phone after we get Mercedes-Benz Stadium because it's the only hockey they're going to see in Atlanta anytime soon. Uh-huh. But it yeah. That's mean. Ohio Stadium? The Horseshoe? Yeah. That'd be pretty That'd cool. Be a good one. So then I threw out some crazy ones. Churchill Downs. So who would play? Can you imagine that backdrop? 
I don't know. Who cares? Uh, the Blues and I the Predators were two I teams I threw in there. <laughs> Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Oh. <laughs> the Rose Bowl. That would be awful. The Rose Bowl. The Rose, Rose, Bowl, would be, Rose really cool. Bowl would be great. I would absolutely go to that game. I love that L.A. outdoor game. It's, there was, it yeah. was the wildest, weirdest. Mm-hmm. Watching a hockey game in 75-degree weather is a very weird experience. Like, Is there a way you could just do it on the beach? Could you like have <laughs> beach hockey? Venice yeah. Beach, yes. Yeah, that'd just be awesome. put together an ice rink. I mean, you're only doing it for a day anyway. And here's my last one. Estadio Azteca in Mexico City. Ooh, that's pretty solid. Coyote Stars. I, wait, I like my beach idea, though. I do like your beach yeah. idea. I'd love to see hockey on the I beach. Think of any, anywhere else that'd be super interesting. Winnipeg? Um, I was just saying that for Jamie's mm, benefit. Do Downtown Winnipeg? Probably more venues. I'd, I'd be curious. Yeah. What people would say. It could be a, like a poll question. Maybe. Do we somebody, do those? somebody ever did one of those. All right. Maybe maybe I'll step up and do I'll do the question for us since nobody else is going to, clearly. Okay. What about the Global Series? What do, why, what do you guys think of this? Why, why do we go back to the same countries? Why, why are they only going to Sweden and Finland? Uh, because... They play hockey there, I know. I guess. Like, that's it? Can't you go somewhere else? Are you doing Europe? it to grow the game, or are you doing it just to show off? Like, cause it's fine either <laughs> they're, way. Just they're in mid- China, too. They're playing but, games in China. But. Prague? Yeah, Prague would be a cool place. Yeah. I'll just keep suggesting and, Prague. Any of those other hockey-playing European nations would be fine, right? Oh, yeah. Switzerland, Austria, Denmark. Germany. Germany. Germany would be a good one. Australia. That's not Europe, of course. I mean, do you put one in, like, it's both London? It's a country and a continent. Yeah. There's not a it's lot crazy of... crazy. <laughs> not, not a lot of players from... Uh, also, Australia's would be a lot easier for just terms of timing as well. Yeah. Because you can do, a, like, a noon start time in Australia, and that's, like, a 6 p.m. But isn't it summer there? I guess it doesn't matter if we're not talking outdoor games. We're just talking regular games. No, just do it. The, whatever the, the big place where they... What was that? Where did they, they play the D-backs play there? Yeah, what is the name of the stadium? Somewhere I in Sydney they have to play the or middle or the I guess, but yeah, what is the name of it? Is that, I, don't I don't know. I didn't know I was going to be quizzed on yes, D-backs road games from four years FDA ago. Yeah, Stadium. Is that it? No, that is in... All right, I believe Manchester. this podcast has jumped the shark, not just for today, but in general. Ed Sheeran is playing it. Okay, sorry. Go ne- next topic. What were, what, were we, what were we transitioning to? Uh, the next topic was Ed Sheeran, where is he playing? So uh, that's it. I think I, was, the I, next topic was how do we get out of this podcast yeah. smoothly? And uh, oh, well, already that's messed that up, so we have to start the entire show over. Anything else you guys want to talk about before we wrap things up? I always like to leave things open to uh, to both of you. And Chris, Chris, you have anything you want to talk about? Yeah, leftovers you want to no? talk? About? Okay, Chris has gone to sleep. All right, for Craig Morgan, for Jamie Eisner, for leftovers, I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening to the Natural Hattrick Podcast.